0: It's 5 o'clock in pirate country And it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man We will, we will rock you <laughs> Hit the door and hit the road 94.3 The Game is going to get you home And the P-Man's not holding back Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game Holy mackerel! Flagship station of the ECU Pirates.
1: Back at it today, a Wednesday, as we are up and running. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to Ben Byram uh, for coming in yesterday and uh, taking care of things. Philip 2 producing. Uh, And. uh, Pilk is back again today here, uh, producing the program. Uh, Chris is here as well. Uh, our guys have been hard at it working. We've got a uh, several, uh, several. Uh, Pilk, could you lose the echo in my ear? I try to send a message, but don't know if you got it or not. Okay, well. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks to Ben Byram yesterday for, uh, being in great job by, uh, Ben and uh, great job. There we go. Thank you. Great job, uh, by, uh, Pilk and a great job by Pilk getting the, uh, annoying echo out of my uh, ear there. All right. We, uh, start with a lot to get into, uh, here today. Uh, we of course had for you on Monday the uh, little uh, soundbite from the UNC women's basketball coach. So while everybody else has made a living off of that in the 48 hours since we first brought you the soundbite, we're not going to go there. Although it is interesting because there's a lot of, uh, particularly from the media, we love to hack on the triangle sports media a little bit, but they're really kind of coming down hard on, on, that's what you would call kind of like fan media, right? Uh, and we've got the ultimate fan media clip. Like, this is real commercial media that's actually fans. Uh, more on that in a second. But first, we want to start with uh, some news that uh, was released this morning. Our crew was all over it as far as breaking news go. But uh, the five that have been elected to the ECU Athletics Hall of Fame uh, and the uh, class, it'll be the 44th installment will uh, be honored at the uh, banquet that will be held on Friday, October 14th inside of Minji's Coliseum, part of Hall of Fame and Letter Winners Weekend. The uh, class, which is quite decorated, includes 1994 Liberty Bowl Alliance Co-Offensive Player of the Year and former Pirate quarterback, spent a great deal of years playing professionally in Canada, and was uh, our colleague here for a good uh, season or two covering the Pirates. Marcus Crandall getting in, so congratulations uh, to him. Uh, A uh, gentleman whose name certainly is familiar, longtime ECU supporter, Ron Dowdy, who's a uh, graduate of uh, 66 from ECU, was on the Board of Trustees from 93 to 99 and uh, co-founded the Chancellor's Society. And uh, Doughty contributing a million-dollar gift to the ECU Educational Foundation in 1994 that supported the renovations at Doughty Ficklin Stadium and was a sponsor for the uh, Doughty Retired Faculty Dinner uh, as well. Uh, He has been a generous donor uh, throughout many, many decades to uh, ECU. Uh, Also getting uh, honored, uh, current... Top 40 in the world golfer, Harold Varner III. Of course, uh, HV3 graduating from East Carolina in 2012, the first player in program history for golf to be named the Conference USA Golfer of the Year, set the ECU record for lowest score average, and was the first Pirate to break 200 at a 54-hole tournament. Uh, And of course, uh, Harold has gone on to a sensational uh, PGA uh, career and has been one of the most popular members of the PGA Tour. Uh we also have uh going into this year's Hall of Fame Eric Frazier, uh who is a two-time United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association All-American. Uh he was for the uh, indoor and outdoor season in 06 and for the indoor season in 2007 he captured five Conference USA Event championships in the weight throw and the hammer throw, and uh, was in the NCAA championships in 2006, where he finished seventh in the country in the shot put. And then uh, also being honored will be Conference USA All-Decade Women's Golf Selection Adrian Milliken. Uh, she an 05 ECU graduate, first player in program history to qualify for the NCAA Championships in 2004. And led the Pirates to their first ever appearance in the NCAA regionals in 03. And then did it again in 2005. Three-time All-Conference USA selection there. So uh, those are the members that will be going in. And uh, that will be uh, a lot of excitement for sure. The uh, new inductees will bring the total membership now to the ECU Athletics Hall of Fame to 183. Uh, not only will they be recognized at the banquet on the 14th, but then publicly inside of Dottie Ficklin Stadium as part of the Hall of Fame festivities during the October 15th homecoming football game against the Memphis Tigers. Uh, great job by our staff to get on top of that today and uh, bring that to you. Our guys are doing a great job. And uh, we've got uh, kind of an interesting uh, thing here. Uh, first of all, Pilk, how are you? Is everything Good.
2: Good. I'm excited to be back producing. seems like life. I've been a while.
1: All right. Well, I'm assuming it is. Uh,
2: <laughs> can you, can you hear me, Patrick?
1: But, you know, there's been a lot in the last couple of days about, I don't know what you would call it, I guess, uh, you know, where the UNC women's coach went on and it was a fan podcast and, you know, was asked a question, which she took it to the level of hatred. It was just, who do you like to beat more? And I mean, we've, again, had that on Monday. Basically, as soon as the cut went viral, we had it on. Mentioned it briefly near the end of our time here. And so, you know, we have, as we are, kind of on the uh, the cutting edge of everything. And uh, I wanted to uh, to play this uh, because Pilk's a Boston sports fan. Now, he's also a Panthers fan, but he he roots for a lot of Boston teams. And there's always this, uh, <laughs> I guess you could call it, I, I don't know what you would call it. I guess you could call it a uh, uh, a knock on Boston media, which they're, they're all kind of fanboys, which they are. Uh, this is uh, Zolik and uh, Bertrand. And uh, look, the, the big story out of the joint practices for the Panthers and the uh, Patriots is They've had fights the last couple of days, like big melees. A big melee broke out today. And so these guys that are on one of the, I don't know, if Sports Hub, whatever show it is up in Boston, um, were, they're basically doing their show, I guess, from like a balcony overlooking training camp, their radio show in Boston. So they're calling the play-by-play essentially of this big fight that broke out today. Uh, and this is like a two-plus-minute cut, but it's just fantastic. Uh, here it is, the uh, Boston Sports Radio coverage of the melee that broke out today. Part two between the uh, Panthers and Patriots as they're having a joint training camp and joint practices ahead of uh, their preseason game on Friday. Hit it.
3: All right, we're live for Patriots training camp. Where there have been multiple fights over the last couple of days, and there's been another one. But uh, this follows a play on which a Patriots player was injured and remains down on the field. This drill got escalated by the Panthers here
4: because they went after Slater on the second one. The second dust-up, they were this is number three in, in a freaking kickoff drill. A kickoff drill where the Panthers are kicking off, Patriots are in return mode. They, went, uh, they have five guys that got, off, got after Slater on the second scrum.
3: They've separated all the players. They've sent them on their way into the next period. So you've got... Looks like it was Wilkerson. And now here comes another oh, fight. Jesus another major Christmas. fight. Uh, it's happening right in front of the stands. These guys are It's, it's going to involve much of uh, each team at this point in time. Get these, get these clowns out of here. Oh, they're
4: right up against the stands. And, and now all I going to do is fight. This is unreal. I've never seen anything like this.
3: Yes. Players are and, coming from the other field now. And, and, and again, all the players from get the, in there. Here come the, the opposite field
4: are now Whoa. running in. This is like cattle. Now the Bills calling the team over now. Oh, there's another dust up over here. Yep, but,
0: they're they're starting
4: to get 35, into it again a 35, bit. 35 from the Panthers here. I got, this, I got the...
3: I mean, at this point... Jim, what do, I do with that damn thing? You've now had three scrums that number. here today in this practice. You had three of them yesterday. Oh, we got another one over and here. And another one is now starting here. Holy I mean, crap. at some point, at some point, they're going to have to maybe separate Jones, these Mac two Jones teams. here is chirping
4: at one of them. Nope. He was just threw the ball to uh, Aguilar. So they're calling both teams together here. The Patriots, it's Belichick again in the middle here. Mr. Kraft now is in the middle with Bill. <laughs> oh, look at this, man. <laughs> what, I have oh, never seen what anything. A, what a scene. Look at him. He's getting right in the middle with Bill is Mr. Kraft. Panthers are over here down on one knee as they huddle right next to the. I've never seen anything like this at a camp. But as the Panthers walked back, they
1: didn't walk around like a they few walk, yards. They, they walked through, right, right, right up through. against them so they'd be rubbing up against them as right, they walked by. Walk it's
3: a cocky bunch, man. Oh, oh. nice. Oh, hey, Nelson Aguilar. Did he hang on? Yep. That was a touchdown. Yeah, okay. I mean, I can't. Oh, and he just oh, spiked the ball. Spiked the oh, ball. man, this is,
4: this is great today. Thank God we're down here. <laughs> Hi, radio. TV. <laughs>
1: I mean that was just that was straight comedy right there. That was that was straight comedy. Um, very funny. I mean they're watching it unfold now. It sounded like there was all hell was breaking loose, and if you see the videos and we've got some of it up on our social media, all hell was breaking loose. But it's just you know again kind of funny because these guys are. are it's just a great cut and. It, it, Jiminy Christmas and all this. And then they were fine with like at the end. It was the worst thing ever. And the Panthers were punks and classless and just uh, you know, how dare they come in here with uh, uh you know, and, and start these fights. But it was fine at the end for whoever whoever the hell caught the pass for the Patriots to spike the ball. But Mr. Kraft, the whole thing, that's just priceless right there. It kind of epitomizes Boston sports radio in. In in a cut right there. Funny stuff. All right. uh, We're going to grab a break. we got a pirate report coming up. Uh, Let's uh, grab uh, a break. Before we go and take this time out, we'll do uh, Caller 3. Got a Chico's gift card to give away. Haven't done this in a bit, so uh, we've got uh, that restocked, so we'll get that to you. 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. And uh, we'll have uh, Caller 3. And uh, if we can, we'll talk to you on the phone. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But you'll win a Chico's gift card if you're caller 3 561 game. It is the Patrick Johnson. Have some fun, man! Back, back to the to P-Man. Me. The
0: Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3. The game.
1: All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are in advance of the football season and play fly. We're actually doing a lot of renovations to our uh studios so unfortunately uh our phones are uh impacted by that presently they're down so uh, if you tried to call which we think well we don't think we know but some people did we were we were unable to pull those uh up and communicate with you so uh sorry about that we'll uh we'll try to write that ship a little bit later on and uh then we will get uh Brian Mull uh, on the phone a little bit later. We're working on uh, some backup lines to make sure we can talk uh, a little golf with him. You know, they had the big players-only summit yesterday where uh, El Tigre, the big cat, flew in. And then there was the Patrick Reed lawsuit for three-quarters of a billion dollars. It's just it's nutty. So Brian Mull on that, uh, HV3 going into the ECU Hall of Fame and more. Uh, but right now, we have today's Pirate Report.
0: And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game.
1: All right, here is Mike Houston with an opening statement uh, to the media following uh, this morning's practice.
5: I think we've had three good days of practice to start the week. Um, offense had a great day yesterday. Uh, I thought they were very explosive yesterday. Uh, I mean, a little bit a little disappointed in the defensive guys yesterday, and but you know, challenged them, and, boy, they responded today. And, it was, I mean, it, they went at each other during our competition portions of practice. But, uh, you know, we looked today like I expect us to look. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's good. We're stringing together positive days, and that's why I told them important consistency. You know, show who you are and then show up every day. So uh, pleased with uh, who we're at right now during fall camp.
1: Uh, Coach Houston, uh, on uh, today's practice, specifically being a really good one.
5: Nah, well, you, yeah, I mean, there was, y'all could probably hear it in here uh, at the end of practice. I mean, they had some fire in them today. I really, I thought we ran around well. You got to see the competition at the beginning of practice, but I thought it carried out throughout practice. I thought we did a real good job with our special teams work today. Um, I thought today was a very, very good practice, uh, considering where we are in camp, you know, practice 12-13 right there, so. Uh, Pilk, so you and uh, Cookie went to this today,
1: right? Yes, we did. Okay.
2: Hey, you can what hear is, me now. Good.
1: I do. I do hear you. Yeah, you're a little, little hot. A little hot. Bit of a hot mic. Hot mic. Some better? But, uh, oh, much better. The dulcet tones there of the ref. Um. But uh, what is what are the origins of this third cut here? I mean, was was there a specific conversation about uh, watching the film from the scrimmages and practices, or or what was the uh, I mean, I, I guess it's pretty self-explanatory, but I'm just curious to how that kind of came up.
2: Um, someone asked, based off what you saw on film, has that kind of influenced your practice this week? Kind of gotcha. based off what you filmed for, from Saturday. Okay,
5: interesting. All right. Well, that's the question. Here's the answer. Well, that's I mean, that's the key. You know, the stuff we had on tape early on was from last year. You know, the good thing is you have both coordinators back. Uh, so your schematic changes uh, were stuff we worked in over the summer, so you're able to work with the kids over the summer. So they know the terminology, they know each other, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, now, you know, anything new that we've put in, we got that on tape now. And we're able to coach off that. But that's, that's the big thing. You know, we kind of finished our last situations today with the, you know, the coming out off the one yard line, and we finished with a uh, uh, short yardage goal line drill. Um, so, you know, really we've got all our situations in, we've got all our stuff in, you know, you got, you got your tape and everything, but that's, you know, the great thing of having, you know, guys that have been in the program multiple years is you're still talking the same language. And so it makes it a lot easier to, you know, to teach and, and correct and move.
1: Uh, today's pirate report here, uh, brought to you in part by our, uh, team Boneyard, uh, collective and uh we uh have comments from coach Houston he says they were not focused or they're not uh focusing on nc state totally just yet
5: no uh, no we we want to get through saturday uh we've talked a little bit about nc state but uh not not a ton yet we're still focused on us and you know it's i talked to the kids this morning you know about you know y- you Show me who you are so I know what to expect each day. And you have more and more guys each day showing all of us who they are, showing us what they can do, you know who can be counted on. And that's the big thing right now is just figuring out which pieces go where, uh, what guys are going to travel, You know what guys we can count on on special teams, what young guys are going to play. Uh, and that's, the, that's the big focus right now.
1: And uh, this is uh, Coach Houston on what the uh, lay of the land is what the game plan is leading into saturday's uh, scrimmage and meet the pirates and media day what's
5: the plan for the rest of the week uh tomorrow will be a, a shells practice um work a lot on our return units uh you know just uh work some some late game stuff tomorrow friday is a very light day uh and then the scrimmage saturday you know, just want to show improvement from last week, which I expect to be pretty uh, significant. Uh, you know, want to come out of Saturday feeling really good about where we are uh, roster-wise, uh, and then start preparation for NC State on Sunday.
1: Uh, Mike Houston on who will emerge as the third running back. You know, it's another running back room question, Philip. We always always get the running back room question.
2: It's been this it's way boom, for boom many room. years.
1: Yeah, it's the boom, boom. I want to get into that running back room. It's a major room. Apparently you, can you be, can you not be a running back and get in? I guess not. That would tax the definition of, of running back room. If, but I, I want to get in there. I hear all this great stuff about it.
2: Agreed. I'm just too slow to get in there.
1: Oh, you know, I was a great goal line fullback in the eight man football days back in high
2: school. Ah, I see you Patrick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, that would qualify, right? I'd be a running back then.
2: Yeah. If was a goal full line fullback full
1: in, in, in high school at eight-man football, yeah.
2: Yeah, fullback and running back room's all one now. It's not the uh, yeah. early 2000s where they had their own depth chart.
1: See, this was in the 90s, so you imagine back then. Um. All right, so who will emerge
5: as the third running back? I think, yeah, you want to have a starting point after Saturday. Yeah. Um, It'll change throughout the year. We all know that. I mean there's somebody that won't travel, uh, won't dress for NC State, won't play against NC State that'll probably play significant minutes late in the year. that happens every year. But you really, you know it's like the running backs. you know today, you know you know who your first two are. So you know you had your other running backs getting the live reps today because I mean it, the the live reps are hot now. and so that's that's when you find out, you know what what can pop do? What can Marlin do? What can Camaro do? You know, what can Nemo do? You know, because it's one thing to be out there and thud. Uh, it's another when it's when it's, it's it's a hot drill right there and they know they're going to get hit.
1: Uh, and uh, Mike Houston on kind of feeling good to be deciding on who that third string running back is and not who your main guy is going to be
5: to tote the ball. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> you don't know how good it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, last year we kind of knew. I mean, you knew you knew Rajay and Keaton, but I mean, it's now they're veterans. You know, now it's you know Rajay's over there asking me why why am I not on the kickoff team? You know, well, you know, you just you stand over there next to me for this drill. You know, that's they want to be on there for everything. They they want to be out there on special teams. They want to be out there every rep on offense. Uh, but uh, you know, that's good. You know, that's that's great leadership. You know, because the when your best players are your hardest workers and your best competitors, you know, that's just that really makes your chemistry good. So, but it's it's good to have those two guys back and and uh, be looking for who's next.
1: All right, Mike Houston on the uh, final cut here, uh, and this is uh, coach on the offensive line transfers and how they're uh, fitting into things.
5: I think all three are going to play. Um, I think uh, you know Ben with the transition to center. That's you know that's that's a lot going from tackle to center. You know he. First couple of days, you're putting a zero nose right in his face, and that's 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 the hardest thing to do for a center. But uh, he's improving there. Um, really, really happy with Parker and uh, Justin. I think they're both uh, improving daily. Uh, uh, Parker's gotten a, a lot of work this week and uh, looked really, really good. Uh, Justin just improves significantly every day. Uh, So just really, they're they're going to be important players for us and just really happy with them, you know, athletically, uh, very happy with how they've kind of, you know, been accepted in our locker room too.
1: That is today's Pirate Report. Uh, Patrick Johnson show here on a uh, Wednesday. Uh, Got a, you know, we've talked a lot about the Big Game Boomer Twitter account, right? It's kind of a, a fun college football follow. I mean, it's they, they come up with some interesting things. Uh, they've shown a lot of ECU love. I think that's fair to say. Um, <laughs> and so they put out a tweet this afternoon. Listen to this, Pilk. Cookie, you too. It's the percentage of fans that attended the school they root for. So this is, they're taking the uh, alleged Power 5, ACC, Big 12, Big 10. Uh, so everybody cheats in the Pacific 12, Four ten, 10, not the big 10. I'm sorry. And so, um, Pilker, if you had to guess now, I mean, that's, so that's the P five, right? Yeah. What percentage of fans in all the P five attended the school they root for? So you, you understand what I'm saying here?
2: Yeah. Like, like know, which we, one's the highest one,
1: right? We give, we give the, uh. We give the UNC fan base a little bit of grief because, you know, we the, the, the Walmart Tar Heel fan or what have you, the wall holes. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. We give we give them a little bit of grief because, uh, you know, people didn't go to that school yet. They, they cheer for them, right?
4: Yeah, and that Carolina blue is just
1: not a beautiful color. You're right about that, Harold. It is not. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, folks. He's got to know what he's talking about. So what percentage would you say? Or, or what's the biggest? It's 99.9% of the, of the fans that attended this school root for it. Which school would you say?
2: I would have to go with, like, Northwestern or Vanderbilt or somebody wow.
1: like that. Wow. Somebody who's not. Okay. Somebody
2: who's, because nobody pulls for those schools unless you went there. I mean, nobody's like, I'm a Northwestern fan.
1: Right. Well, Northwestern's second at 99%. Vanderbilt, 97%. It's Stanford, 99.9%.
2: Oh, the Cardinal. I feel like there's some, like. Ho-hum bandwagons in Northern California, like Stanford for oh, no yeah. reason. Cause they went to Pepperdine uh, or something.
1: Apparently not a uh, UCF 96%. How about that? How is UCF in this? And it's the, Oh Lord. These guys, the content uh, Kings of Twitter, aren't they? I mean, we're talking about it.
2: Hey, they Three are August. I did see a list they put out. It was best punter and kicker duos in college football. Yeah, I they saw had that. Luke Larson and Owen Dafford at like 23. Yeah,
1: I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, UNC Chapel Hill, six and a half percent, by the way.
2: I bet Duke's even lower, aren't they?
1: Uh, 0.5% according to this highly scientific survey. Now this, that is the next to last. Who's who is last
2: Ohio state.
1: No. Uh, Notre Dame, who is 0.01%. Where's Ohio state on this? Oh, NC state, 60%. What? Uh, I guess I could see that. Uh, Ohio state. I don't see it on here. I'm sure it's on here.
2: Yeah. Everybody Mm -hmm. from Ohio likes them. Like people that went to Bowling Green, people that went to Akron, they all pull for Ohio state.
1: They're in the bottom, bottom part, eight and a half percent. There you go, how about that? How about that? All right, um, we're having a lot of fun, aren't we? We're just having a, a heck of a day here. We're 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 getting on our guys on big game boomer right now. All right, uh, Pilk with a ninety four three the game update, and then we're going to uh, get Brian Mull on the horn and uh, see if we can get him uh, up and running here on our backup phone line to talk a little bit about the uh, the big player summit yesterday. The the PGA V Live Showdown Summit that the players had up in uh, Biden Country yesterday, up in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, all right, here is here is Philip the Ref Pilkington with the ninety-four-three The Game Sports Update.
2: Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your ninety-four-three The Game Sports Update. Five of the most influential figures in ECU athletics history will be inducted into the East Carolina. Athletics Hall of Fame Friday, October the 14th, at the 44th annual installment ceremony inside Minji's Coliseum as parts of the Hall of Fame slash letter winners weekend. The decorated class includes 1994 Liberty Bowl Alliance Co Offensive Player of the Year and former Pirate quarterback Marcus Crandall. Longtime East Carolina supporter Don Ers Ron, excuse me, Dowdy, two time United States Track and Field and Cross Country Association All American Eric Frazier, Conference USA All Decade Women's Golfer Adrian Milliken, and current professional golfer Harold Varner III. In other Greenville news, the Greenville 13-15 through 15 age group all-star baseball team has advanced to the double elimination round of the Babe Ruth World Series after another impressive victory on Tuesday. Greenville picked up another blowout win, 12-2 in six innings over Sandy Oregon. The game was called due to the 10-run mercy rule. Greenville finished 4-0 in pool play, and it looks like they will play again on Friday at 4 p.m. The opponent is still 2 to be determined. There were some big contracts signed today in a lot of different sports, most notably LeBron James has signed a two-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers worth $97.1 million. There is a third-year option attached to the end of that, and Charles safety Darwin James becomes the highest-paid safety in the league after signing a four-year deal worth $42 million. Also in NASCAR, Ryan Blaney has earned a long-term extension with Team Penske. As normal with NASCAR, the details of that contract are not public knowledge. That'll do it here, 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Back with the P-Man and guest Brian Moe on the other side of this. timeout.
1: Uh Coming up at 1 o'clock on Saturday we will have our coverage of ECU Football Media Day. Uh, we are uh, going to be up and running, looking forward to it. Uh, it's an annual tradition. And uh, we will have exclusive coverage of uh, ECU uh, Media Day from uh, Town Bank Tower. We'll hear from Coach Houston, Pirate coaches, Pirate players. Terrence Copper will join me. So that's all coming up Saturday, 1 until 3, here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3, the game. Uh, Brian Moll up and uh, Adam with us uh, here as we uh, talk a little bit of golf, Caddy Network, other outlets uh, covering uh, PGA, the PGA. Oh my gosh, where to begin? But uh, we'll begin by saying hello, Brian Mall. How's everything going?
6: I'm doing well, Patrick. I uh, wish we were back down at the beach. But,
1: uh, <laughs> life carries
6: on, and here we are, uh, <laughs> just uh, back in the back in the grind.
1: Look, I'm never going to complain about any uh, weather at the beach, but this was the better weather week. It wasn't bad last week, but this was the better weather week uh, this week. It was still kind of hot down there uh, last week by and large, but, uh, it's been gorgeous this week and I can only imagine what it's like down at the coast. I, I, I know this is something you care about, uh, Brian. And I don't know if any of our other listeners to this show would, but we actually are, are looking at doing, uh, the morning show down there at some point. Uh, that, that could become a, uh, something that comes to fruition. So, uh, there you go. All right. Uh, yeah. And look, you can show up there if you'd like, Brian, uh, I'm, I'm sure you'd be welcome. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. We got Brian Mall here. And uh, you know, the big thing yesterday was the big I, I think whenever you hear players only meeting, that used to that was probably a big deal when the late great Bill Russell would call a players only meeting. Or it's the type of thing maybe, you know, like really good teams might call. Or, you know, it's kind of a dorky talking point for the media. But um <laughs> What, so yeah. you know, Tiger flew in, and I mean, let's face it. He he did have the uh, mom jeans on, right? And the Eddie Bauer flannel shirt—really <laughs> something. Um, yeah. So, and, and we and you knew Tiger was not going to go before a camera uh, or the media yesterday because he he had nothing on with the swoosh. Or the TW logo, so you knew he was he was there just for the for the meeting business. Cat, he,
6: he, he
1: did change. Uh,
6: he oh, he did. What, what we saw, yeah, the, the garb he was wearing as he got off the plane was not the same garb that he was wearing as he drove a golf cart up to the clubhouse there at um or to the hotel, uh, whichever, wherever exactly it was that uh, he was seen driving. But uh, yeah, he was all garbed out at that point, Nike'd up.
1: Um, so what was the, cause I, when it comes to this whole live goth thing, it, 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 it's like, it's almost like politics because it is political, but it's like politics. You have to, you have to kind of read, all right, this version of it, that version of it. And it's probably something in the middle is what really ended up happening or what this was about. So. You know, I'll ask you cause you're pretty level-headed and fair when it comes to the reporting of all this, what was the point of this yesterday?
6: Well, I think we have to stop looking at it as such a us first them, uh, situation. Um, what's happened in professional golf is for a long time. There was one option the United States PGA tour ever since Tiger Woods turned pro basically. So we're talking 25 years now, There are two options. There are a number of players, very highly ranked players, who have opted to go the live tour route for their various reasons. And and that's where they will be primarily playing their golf. There's a strong faction of top ranked players who are opting to stay on the PGA tour, but are using this opportunity. Look, anybody who's ever worked for any company or in any business, when things get a little rattled and uh, perhaps the person who's in charge is positions in Jeopardy, it gives you an opportunity to have a forum. And I think there have been things that players didn't love, just like anybody doesn't love everything about wherever um, they're they're working. And now they have an opportunity. They have a voice um, because without the players, Jay Monaghan has nothing. So he has to listen to them, and they have a voice, and they have an opportunity. And I think these elite players who met yesterday, 22 players, many of whom also had met about a month or so ago at an event in Ireland prior to the uh, Open Championship, uh, that was a, that was smaller. This was a bigger, a bigger, uh, a bigger uh, contingent. They they got together and um, essentially based on everything I've gathered, they want to be on the PGA Tour, but they want to make it better. And um, if if I'm not mistaken, I think, uh, in essence, are trying to form a somewhat of a coalition saying we will all play in these 10 or 12 events because that's what's best for our tour where we're going to choose to make our livelihood. Um, it, it's better for these events if we're all there, which, you know, as it, and so they're coming up with some ideas. The commissioner wasn't there and they're going to present them to him. And it would be wise in his, uh, you know, in his best interest to listen very intently to what Tiger and Will Zalatoris and Xander Schauffele and Rory McIlroy and on and on
1: and on have you know, their opinion on how the tour should operate. Do you, there was some reporting yesterday that, 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 part of this meeting, and I guess it was, this was based on a tweet that the guy who wrote the Mickelson book, uh, did, and he was gooey britches about this whole thing, uh, when he first reported it. Um, but that they were going to discuss the, I guess the, the availability of these players that are on live being able to play in the majors. And we've discussed this many times, I mean, the, the, the PGA camp of, of players can, I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't maybe want to, sw- wouldn't have any sway in influencing the majors, but major the majors, particularly the masters and the two opens are going to do whatever the hell they want because it's within their framework that you really can't, I mean, I'm sure the masters can, but it, it's it's kind of hard to boycott somebody, isn't it?
6: Yeah, I don't think that's what this is about at all. And, and, and I'm not trying to disagree with Alan. He's better sourced than I am. And, I mean, certainly the major eligibility and whether the Live Tour receives official world ranking points, which is what's going to have to happen if those guys want to play in the majors because the majors are set up off of rankings. I mean, they can go attempt to qualify, but I don't see Dustin Johnson or, you know, Brooks Koepka trying to to qualify in a few years when their exemption runs out. Right, you know, go through 36 hole qualifying. So uh, you know they want to remain exempt as they have been in the past, based off their world ranking. And the major bodies are the ones who decide that: the Royal and Ancient, the USGA, the uh, PGA of America, and Augusta National also has a vote. So I think that decision. I don't think that the, these play, I think this meeting was specifically about how to strengthen the PGA tour because look, this is where they have decided that they want to play and make their money. Um, first of all, there's not room for all of them on the live Tour if they're playing forty eight man fields uh, because they have to restrict uh, if their agreement with the Asian Tour, they have to hold a certain number of spots for full-time members of the Asian Tour. So it's in their best interest if they want to be on this tour in America and and play over here to make it as strong as possible so it can withstand the loss of a Cameron Smith who's most likely leaving um, the number two ranked player in the world. It can withstand some 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 of these things. And one of the major points that these proven veterans have made, in this meeting yesterday from everything I understand is to open the door for the younger players who are ready to contend and win to be able to get onto the PGA tour and stay there uh, longer, get there quicker and stay there longer. I mean, I heard a stat on Sunday during the coverage, a kid named Tyler Duncan, he's been on the PGA tour six or seven years. He did win at Sea Island three or four years ago. I mean, he's playing in in the playoffs and he hasn't had a top 10 finish in four years. So so he's bringing absolutely nothing right. to the tour right. whatsoever. He's contributing zero. He's just taking. And I think that was Mickelson's initial gripe, that with 125 exempt players, a third of them are bringing absolutely nothing to the table. They're not selling a ticket. They're nobody, uh, and, and they're not even really proving, if it's a meritocracy, that they deserve to be out there. Whereas... I mean, Will Zalatoris. Obviously, he, he should have been. He shouldn't have had to waste a year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Cameron Young uh, is proving. You know, I mean, on and on and on. And there's more and more and more of these guys coming. The U.S. amateurs on this week. You can watch that. There, there's six to twelve guys that could go uh, keep their card on the PGA Tour right now, competing in that event. Um, the game's getting younger, stronger, better. And I think to to keep the tour viable, these veterans understand they have to keep these younger players happy um, and, and provide the best option that they can for them.
1: All right. We got Brian Moll with us, uh, at BG Mull on Twitter, caddy network covers golf for many outlets, uh, always at the masters every year, uh, when it comes to college, uh, hoops, uh, part of Lenardi's team in the blue ribbon, uh, kind of need to blaze through some of this really quick, uh, here. So I'll just kind of hit you with, uh, you know, these, these topics and just have you, uh, kind of give a reaction or, or, or what, you know, um, uh, our after the next couple of weeks are up, are we going to really look at as many as a dozen guys, half a dozen guys, at least going from the PGA to live is because that's something I, I was reading yesterday on this. That that's the speculation.
6: I don't think it's a dozen. That seems high to me. I mean, I think you'll, you'll see, uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, uh, you know, who's a top. 50, 60 player, uh, both Australians. Um, I think they will certainly go, I would not be, uh, surprised if there, um, are two or three more top 50 players, not at all, but I, I, don't, uh, I think the response to this meeting yesterday and the caliber of players proves that, um, you know, as far as the top 10, top 50 in the world, it, it uh, most of those guys are choosing to, to play on, on the PGA tour that the Cameron young news, which was reported by the London times has been uh, disputed by his camp. Mm. Um, now, and, and so that remains to be seen. That would certainly be a big, big loss for the PGA tour, a big gain for the, for, for live. Um, but that'll settle out. Yeah. I mean, it's going to settle out, uh, probably starting the Monday after Atlanta.
1: Yeah. Uh, Patrick Reed, uh, suing the golf channel and, um uh... Uh, Randall, uh, Chombley, chambly uh, to, for, 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 the, for defaming, yeah. for defamation. <laughs> he,
6: he's basically, uh, he, he's basically suing Randall for reporting all the things that Patrick's done. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. It's,
6: it's probably the worst uh, case in the history of, uh,
1: courtrooms. Don't you have to have, I mean, char- been- don't you have to have character to have it, uh, defamed? <laughs>
6: It has no grounds. Yeah. I mean, I'm not
1: a lawyer, but I've read
6: some comments from some today. And yeah. they, they're laughing. It's laughable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, announced today, Harold Varner III going into the ECU Athletics Hall of Fame. Good play there. And uh, I think richly deserved because he's done a lot to raise the profile of ECU Athletics and, and, and certainly Pirate Golf, I think.
6: Probably as much as anyone, uh, honestly, in the last uh, decade or so, uh, with his interactions um, with so many people at golf tournaments and just his charisma and wearing the purple shirt and his tweets and, and just on and on and on, It's just true love for the university that gave him a start. I mean, it's a it's a no brainer to me, and I, and I'm happy for him. Uh, what an honor!
1: Uh, who do you got this week in uh, Delaware? And where's Harold in this whole thing? What does Harold have to do to advance to Atlanta? Let's start there, and then just who you like and. And who maybe breaks through as a dark horse?
6: Yeah, Harold's got to play great. He's uh he barely got in um sixty spot. He's the first group off on Thursday, which I think is terrific because they get out and kind of attack the course. So uh, he, he's probably got to finish in the top five to to make it to Atlanta. Um, but you know, regardless, uh, has has had a very good year. Um, all the comments, of course, they've never. There's never been a tour event in Delaware. They've obviously never been to this course in Wilmington, Uh course built in the 50s and renovated a couple of times. Uh, it's a, all the comments say it's a power, power, bombers. Will Zalatouris on the record is saying if I were to design a golf course, it would look a lot like this, which is kind of scary. For the other pros, um, I, I certainly think he'll be in the mix again. There's no reason you can't win back-to-back. Finau and Shoffley have both done it in the last couple of months. But uh, I like Cameron Young. It's his turn to break through, motivated by his former college teammate, kind of up in the mid-Atlantic to Northeast region where he's comfortable and familiar and uh, a great golf course for for his game. Look uh, for Cameron Young to, to bust out. Xander Schauffele is also high on my
1: radar. Yeah. Golf chatter with Brian Mull. Hey, uh, Mull, we appreciate it.
6: Always a pleasure, Patrick. Thank you, buddy.
1: There he goes, Brian Mull with us uh, here on 94.3 The Game. We've got... Uh... Some breaking news. Hit it, Philip. Breaking.
0: This just, just in. Breaking news. This is a special report on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here's Patrick Johnson.
1: So the future of the NCAA is a governing body of college football is being discussed by the College Football Playoffs Board of Managers. Pete Tham- uh, Thamel with ESPN says the 11 members who make up the Board of Managers recently met via Zoom and, quote, briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea presented of major college football potentially being governed outside the NCAA, end quote. According to Thamel, the talks are in such early stages that it could be considered first steps of a complicated process that would resemble a marathon. Uh, We'll get more on this, uh, but that is uh, the, the story today, according to a report college football playoff committee discussing removing football from NCAA governance. It is coming folks. <laughs> it is coming. And uh, who knows where many including ECU and uh, those in the American may inevitably wind up uh, a break. We'll come back and wrap things up. Get you set for the next couple of days uh, after this on the PJ show.
0: Videos, articles, and what's going on. In the- it's the P man here on 94.3 the game.
1: All right, we got uh, some good stuff the next couple of days, Uber local. We'll have uh, Rose coach, Will Bland and Aiden Grifton coach, Todd Leip with us tomorrow, as well as my dad, the coach Kelly Johnson, APA director of athletics, uh, Patriots starting the high school football season tomorrow night. And then we're going to have uh, on Friday, I uh, will be joined by the uh, head coach of JP two. Our pal Sean Murphy will be on with us, so uh, looking forward to having uh, Coach Murphy on the show again. Kind of preview the season. We'll do the same thing with Coach Light and Coach Bland tomorrow. Uh, with uh, Coach Johnson, it'll be more kind of the overall, you know, perspective and some of the things going on at APA. And uh, also on Friday, we're going to have Brian North, our old friend. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a bit on air, uh, of course, from uh, News Channel 12. They start up uh, a new season of the Blitz, and uh, for my money, the best highlight. Uh, Friday night show that uh, is going out there for high school football. All right. Uh, great job today by Philip, the ref Pilkington and, uh, uh, Chris cook as well. Cookie all over the breaking news today. Great job guys. And, uh, also thanks to Brian mall for being with us. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson show at five o'clock again with Will Bland, Todd light, Kelly Johnson. And then Brian North and uh, Sean Murphy are scheduled to be with us. And some Pirate players next week. And don't forget, uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday, our coverage of ECU Media Day, live from the Town Bank Tower. Coach Houston, assistants, players, we'll have it all covered for you, stem to stern. So make a note to join us there on uh, Saturday as well as uh, the football season getting underway in earnest this week. We'll see everybody tomorrow.
2: Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Pirate Report brought to you by our pirate partners. Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood bring the whole family for great food. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Caripsy Restaurant in Emerald Isle, exceptional steak, locally sourced seafood, and delicious signature cocktails. Fantastic Sam's Cut and Color, Eastern North Carolina's Fantastic Sam's are locally owned and operated.